Radonic svirgola Carboni la palla diventa buona per Ricci che scava sul secondo palo riesce a coordinarsi rovesciata Tony Sanabria Hello and welcome back to say a Spotlight Season 2 Episode 4 We're your hosts Jake and Matt Guys, as you heard from our intro, that was the Tony Sanabria goal that he scored this weekend. From now on, we're going to be choosing our goal of the week to put inside of our intro. Um, so you could just automatically assume that that is our goal of the week. Exactly. Let us know if you agree with us, if you disagree with, uh, with us, what your goals of the week were. And yep, I don't know if you want to take us through the goal. Um, it was an amazing goal, of course, Ricci with the crossover, the keeper, looping ball and Sanabria with an acrobatic finish, absolutely beautiful. Sure, it was a bit clumsy by Ricci, I think he was actually going for a goal. He might have actually gone for a goal himself, but still, um, that finish is just amazing. That's literally the closest you can get to a dunk in football, no? Yeah, and it's a big set of balls as well yeah. for him to come <laughs> flying in the way he did. He nearly clattered the post as well, man, in, in doing so. Totally. What a goal, what amazing, a goal. Amazing, amazing. Now, before we continue... We are 38 euros and 24 cents richer thanks to Serie A Spotlight Slips, our first public bet that we placed on Instagram, right? Yep, like we said, you could feel free to join the train choo-choo, but we do not encourage it. No, don't join. Don't join, actually. Just watch our journey, okay? Exactly. Enjoy our journey. So, of course, we bet that Roma would beat Salernitana. We bet that Fiorentina would beat Cremonese. We bet that Inter would beat Lecce. And we bet that Atalanta would beat Sampdoria. We're a little bit lucky. We got very lucky. We got very, we got very, very, very lucky. Very lucky. Um, Radu will forever remain <laughs> a hero of mine. <laughs> I love Radu, man. <laughs> He's I my favorite so keeper. <laughs> he needs to come. He had such a good game before that, man. Yeah. Such a good game. He, he was playing really well, it's true, poor guy. But we'll, we'll get into that anyway. Um, also, as well, Inter were, were lucky to equalize at the end through Denzel Dumfries. Yeah, yeah. But uh, they, did us, they did us a good little favor. We're still deciding what we'll do with our winnings. Should we grow this 38 euro to God knows what, match day 38? Who yeah. knows what, what will be on? It could be 5 euro. Um, we might have to deposit be. again. <laughs> it, it could be... 500 you know what i mean so we should decide you guys should let us know what we should do with the money would be it like go watch milan or yeah. go watch maybe a some, giveaway maybe a giveaway well, spend our money on them yeah. <laughs> or maybe we set up a patreon with the money <laughs> <laughs> and you'll have to pay to listen to us all the time exactly no no now no. we'll see let us let us know what you think we should do whatever we'll do we'll vlog it for you guys you could follow it and um, so on so forth but yes the first match day of Serie A, brother. What were your thoughts overall? Um, I was just so happy that football was back, man. Um, I was so hyped, you know. Six o'clock took so long to come. Yeah. You know, I was waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting, man. It just wouldn't come. But thankfully, we had the opener, Milan-Odinese, which um, typically is a very stressful game. Shall we just get into it? Yep, let's get into it. Okay. Milan-Odinese. So the first game was between Milan and Udinese. Of course, the opener was at the same time as the Atalanta-Sampdoria game. Milan won this game 4-2. A fun fact about Milan-Udinese is that Udinese have actually drawn more matches against Milan than any other side in the world. They have 36 draws out of 91 games. Um, in fact, the last three games between Milan and Udinese have all ended in 1-1 draws. Before, Fuck. of course, yesterday's 4-2. Or, sorry, last Saturday's 4-2? Yeah, last Saturday's. Saturday. Yeah. 
So Milan lined up with Manian in goal, Calabria right back, Calulu and Tomori as a centre back pairing, and Theo Hernandez as the left back, a double a double pivot, excuse me, of Krunic and Benasser. Leao, Diaz and Messias playing behind Rebic up front. Um what did you make of Milan's lineup before we get to Udinese's? So I think since the players that came in came in quite late throughout pre-season, it's pretty much what I expected. I expected to see Messias out wide. Mm-hmm. I expected to see Giroud up front instead of Rebic, but it was quite refreshing seeing that level of pace mm-hmm. up front. So I was a fan of the lineup personally. It's true, and these are the guys who were amazing in preseason. Um, Pioli exactly. praised Krunic, Messias, and Rebic in preseason, and um, in fact, they all started and they all played pretty well, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Udinese's lineup: they had Silvestri in goal with his really cool hairstyle. Really cool. Um, a back three of Rodrigo, Becao, Bram, Nuiting, and Perez. Um, Soppi and Massina out wide, and a midfield three of Pereira, Wallace, and Makengo up front. Deulafeu and success. Thoughts? success. Solid, no? Solid Udinese, like tough team. Not, nothing really different from last year. I was surprised to see Beto yeah, on the bench. It's true. That was the only but surprise. But he did too, to be fair. Really. Yeah, yeah. Um, a very physical team as always. This is the the six foot oneers. No, everyone's like six exactly. one in this team. <laughs> but anyway, um, play by play. Of course, the game started out. How else would it start out? Um, with a second minute Rodrigo Becao goal <laughs> and in swinging corner by De Lefeu, f- fell to Becao's head, who just smashed it into the back of the net. Fun fact, bro. Becao has five goals in Serie A. Three against three Mila. of them are against me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> every Milan fan knows it. I promise. Every just, Milan fan knows it. He just stat pads against Milan. This <laughs> Fuck it. In the eleventh minute, Milan were awarded a penalty. Um, Calabria was fouled by Soppi. It went to VAR, and Theo Hernandez took the penalty and scored. I forgot that Theo can, can hit them. Yeah, yeah. Same. He reminded me. He's very good at me. <laughs> In the 15th minute, Ante Rebic started his slaughter. It was a really cool finish after Calabria squared the ball to him. And in the 48th minute, a late surprise for Milan as Massina scored a great header. Not much money I could have done on that, um, beating Messias at the near post. Now, why is Messias so frequently marking these target men at the near post? I think it's... I think Milan focus more on zonal marking in those situations rather than man marking in, in the box. So I don't think it's Messias literally being placed on the biggest guy. I think Messias is placed on the near post. And I think mm-hmm. Udinese took advantage of that because it was, in fact, two headers at the near post, no? Yes, it was two headers at the near post, in fact. Um, yeah, that could be, actually. Um, it could also be that maybe he was covering for Calabria towards a counter-attack. And ah, fair enough. That could have been it could as very well. much be. In the second half, Milan started off very well um, with Brahim Diaz scoring. Theo's cross was clumsily headed down by Mazina and Diaz pounced. And in the 68th minute, um, Rebic scored the final goal of the game as Brahim twisted and turned and nutmegged Bram Nuiting. And of course, classic lethal finish by Rebic. So, bro, Mm -hmm. first thing I want to talk to you about is Milan's depth. Mm -hmm. Suddenly, Milan have three players in each position up front. Correct. They went from having absolutely no options... Mm-hmm. You know, just like, oh, Giroud, if Giroud is injured, you know, there's yeah. Rebic injured, there's Latan injured, you know, mm-hmm. oh, but it's Brahim Diaz, etc. attacking midfield, what are mm-hmm. we going to do? Nothing else, no other options. Now, all of a sudden, there, there are all these players. There's Adli, there's De Ketelar, there's Origi on the bench. There, there are all these players. What mm-hmm. do you think, bro? I mean, I think what Milan did was they, they kept the base that, that won them the league. Um, they... 
in inverted commas, improved certain areas, still yet to be determined whether they've been improved or not, because at the end of the day, the new players need to outperform the older players. Um, But the main thing is that they kept the players who won them the league, barring Kessie, um, and they added more depth to the team. They let Adli come back, they let Poberga come back, they kept Florenzi, you know what I mean? And and they kept all of these players, they kept Krunic, players that can come on and put in a shift. Players of quality, you know, yeah, it's not like last season when Bakayoko was, was kind of come on, Krunic was being played on the wing, yeah. it was a little bit weird. Now there are players designated to their roles, they're, they're more versatile, they're reminding me of Inter last year with their squad depth, Milan. Okay, um, fair enough actually, I remember the Sassuolo game had gone up to watch and it was match day, it was early on in the season. It was like match day five, Yeah, I something think, like man. that. And I remember in the 60th minute, the board went up and they brought on Zeko, they brought Vidal. on Vidal and they brought on someone. So the hell was it? I forgot. I can't remember, but just three like superstar players. And I was like, Jesus Christ, these guys. But yeah. that's Milan this year. Huh? So like everyone says, oh, Milan signings weren't good, but Milan kept the same players. They kept their spine that won the league and they added quality to that spine, which is, you know, very, exactly. very And Pobega, man, as well, coming on. Pobega coming hell. on. People gave him shit. Because they wanted to see Adli, but anyway, okay. he'll get. <laughs> right. Everyone will get their time. Yeah, yeah. Brahim and Rebic, bro. As as we mentioned, these are two guys who aren't. To be honest, if you had if you had to ask people to write down their starting 11s for Milan, mm-hmm. Brahim and Rebic wouldn't be in there. No, never. Right, never. and you have these two guys that carried the game with monster performances. Mm-hmm. Right, it'll make purely think. How can you go into the Atalanta game match day two, and bench Brahim and Rebic right now? I don't think you can right now. You simply can't bench Rebic and Brahim. Firstly, it's still early on and, you know, you just need to utilize the players that are on form, that are performing now. You know what I mean? The Catalar and Origi should still start to be utilized slowly, slowly. Same as Adli. They shouldn't come in and start Mm. from next week. You know what I mean? And... Brahim and Rebic were the two best players on the pitch by a landslide. By a landslide. Particularly, okay, Rebic scored two goals, but Brahim, you look at his improvement from last season to this opening game of the season, he was unbelievable. He's been eating spinach. He's been eating fucking spinach and chicken. Like He's he's, he's growing. He's super strong and he has a good center of gravity for his size. He was winning fouls as well, drawing them yes, in, winning finally, fouls. Finally. And that's what he's good at, man. And, and those megs that he was pulling off and squaring the ball, finding himself in good positions. I was very, very impressed by him. Which goes really to good. show what we were saying last year about he needs someone to compete with. Exactly. Someone that, that's the starter, in inverted commas. Here he is, the Kettler. Here he is, Adli. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. Go for All it. All of a sudden, you yeah. And there you go. The incredible little Brahim Diaz, dude. Diego fucking, fucking Maradona. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course, bro, um, I don't think there'll be a week where I don't praise Krunic. He's Krunic is literally, if you have a leak in the wall, you plug Krunic in right there. Literally. That's it. That's it. Literally. Krunic is the man I would call if my AC is broken. He's the man I would call if Milan need a defensive midfielder, if they need a winger, if they need an attacking midfielder, if they need a left back, if they need a right back. If I'm a brother, my girlfriend needs a cuddle, I'm calling Krunic, man. Man, let me tell you what, if I'm in a devastating accident that makes me lose everything from the waist down, Krunic is the man to 
step in for me in any given that's situation. It, that's it. He just plugs every hole. I love and the double Brent. pivot. He was amazing, man. He was really good again. Bro, he'd be good in the single pivot. He'd be good in the triple <laughs> pivot. The man just pivots. Ross Geller would love him. Oh, a friend's joke for mm. the enthusiasts. Fantastic. Kalulu. Mm-hmm. Amazing tackle. You know the one I'm talking oh. about. They were through. Tomori yes, had initially fucked up a exactly. little bit he over pressed there. up high, of course, yeah, yeah, which is yeah. good to see. Um, mm. It's good to see. I mean, they can because yeah. they've got each other to back each other. Exactly. Before when it was... Romagnoli or Kier, you know, they, they couldn't be as adventurous. Tomori and, and Kalulu couldn't be as adventurous because Kier can't track back, Romagnoli can't track back. But these guys with each other, they've got the pace. Okay, I'm going to go up, you cover for me. And they can catch up with the pace of catch up. Kalulu did that. Eh? Kalulu, bro, is so exciting. It's crazy how he's outperforming Tomori nowadays. Bro, he's insane. He's a centre-back. He's The he, man's a centre-back. I, I agree. Yeah, the but, man's a centre-back. But then you, you play him on the right, he's he great. fucking advances him, ships the keeper from out of the box like he did the that, France under 21. Fucking hell, that was nuts. But he's with, that, amazing, with that being said, El Capitano Davide Calabria had the game of his life as he well. Did, huh? he, did. he looked nimble, he looked light, he looked quick, he looked strong. He was good, man. Was I really liked him. Good. He was in the zone, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, a fun fact about Udinese They're selling Soppi to Atalanta most likely So Milan will have to play him twice in two weeks How <laughs> fucked <laughs> And he played pretty well <laughs> I heard that Soppi was initially getting transferred To the Prem But he was going to stay in Serie A another season So he'd instantly be loaned back that was Udoji In fact Udoji didn't play um, Because of the transfer market Yeah but we'll see what happens over there. Um, mm. Do you think that Udinese... Uh, they played well, right? Of course. They, they scored two goals against Milan. They held their own. They collapsed at the end, of course. There's a lot of quality in Milan's attack, and especially when the substitutions happened, they couldn't really keep up. But mm. um, they, they remind me, like, what's the difference, bro, between Udinese and Hellas Verona? <laughs> I mean... Udinese are Hellas Verona when they play Milan. Otherwise, Udinese are Udinese. They're, I think, they're they, more, I think if you had to exchange their shirts, Verona. you wouldn't tell them apart, man. Really? They, they play the same style exactly, man. Udinese are much more physical, I, That's I the think. That's the thing. Verona, more physical. I'll, I'll still need to see more of Verona this year. But last year, they had a lot of love and sexy magic mm-hmm. about them with Caprari, with Barak, with Illich, K-Dog Lazzi as K-Dog well, Lazzi, which is what baby. we're calling him from now on. Yeah. Um, but uh, there, there are a few similarities Them going forward yeah. they're, they're very similar Even the but shape man The shape the, the big players That they have all mm-hmm. around They're very very Look, similar Udinese played well But they always play well Against Neil yeah. And I feel like This time round the, the freak occurrences Happened You know That, that first minute Bekao goal And then the, the Masina goal As mm-hmm. well at the, at the near post they that freak l- shit happened. They left Milan, their half, though. That's why. Milan didn't do anything yeah. to concede, and they still conceded against Udinese. That's the difference true. is, a couple of years ago, Milan would have scored one, maybe two, and drawn mm-hmm. the game. This true. time, Milan got four goals. They're capable exactly. of finding goals, and they won 4-2. We were never stressed it's true. when we were watching the game. It's true. Even when they equalized late on, yeah. it's like we have time. Um, that's a fucking good point, bro. Um, Milan have the quality to get goals back, similarly to fucking... Um, Napoli, who we'll talk about later on. They conceded, yeah. but they just kept going and going and going. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's basically it, bro, um, for this game. I don't know if there's anything you want what to mention. What did you think about Milan overall? Seeing them back, I know there's 
Udinese that we haven't really touched on, but it's very much a let's wait and see. And Udinese are very unchanged as well from from last year, come to yeah. think of it. Milan, this year, the first game of the season, what did you make of Milan's performance? I mean, it was against a team that once again has caused problems for Milan in the past. Um, they attacked Milan this time. They didn't sit back as they always do, which probably actually ended up helping out Milan. Yeah. Um, they conceded early on. Lapse of concentration at the very beginning. Boom, Bacau goal. Of course, that would be unacceptable. Um, but, you know, so early on, match day one, second minute of the game, you you, you mm. excuse it. In fact, when it happened, I was just like, Jesus Christ. I, I wasn't... I wasn't pissed. I was more like, it was funny. You know, it's Bekao. It's Bekao again, you know, fucking celebrating and fist pumping the air. I was like, fuck this guy. I, I would spend seven million on Bekao just to take just him to off take of Udinese. Because the man literally risks two to three points every time Milan yeah. play Udinese. Like, and fuck. I, I would pay seven million for, to guarantee two, three points every fixture against Udinese. But fuck it, it is what it is. But I was very happy with Milan's performance. Um, and, you know, I was really happy with, from what I saw with the subs as well. Um, we have we had Origi coming on, De Kettler coming on, Giroud coming on, and Giroud was running at his men. Are you okay? Taking, I just vomited a bit of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Giroud was just... <laughs> Was trying to take players on, man. Hey, it was man. crazy. Like, hey. and he's blonde right now, so hey. I didn't recognize him. I said, oh, is that yeah. Theo? The thing Wait. is, everyone, everyone's a champion now. They've all got yeah. that confidence they can do of what the champions. Fuck they want. Siamo no, yeah. Siamo at the end no, of the day. But yes. Uh huh. Should we move on to the next game? We're not gonna say Milan are first with three points, course, level course, on points with five, six other that teams. Comes you know what I mean? From match day two onwards. <laughs> <laughs> not even. I would say like match day. Seven, eight? I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. So the next game we're going to be covering is Lecce 1, Inter 2. Marco Baroni's men taking on Simone Enzaghi's men. So Inter lined up with Handanovic in goal in their classic 3-5-2. Skriniar, Devry and DeMarco forming the back line. Supported by Darmian and Gossens out wide. With Chalanoglu, Brozovic and Barella being those three key pieces in the middle. With Martinez and Lukaku up front. Falcone started in goal for Lecce, no surprise there, with Gallo and Gendry being the wing-backs and Baschirotto and Cetin being the two centre-backs. Gonzalez, Hulman and Bistrovic formed the three uh, centre-midfielders, with Di Francesco, Streffezza and Cisse in the front line. So, after two minutes, Lukaku opened the scoring just 80 seconds into his return to Serie A. It was an early cross-in by De Marco to Darmian, who squared it to Lukaku, who headed the ball in. In the 48th minute, just after the break, Cisse scored for Lecce on his debut as well. It was a counter-attack that caught Inter and Skriniar out of position. I feel like Skriniar pressed a little bit too hard over there, leaving his, his teammates exposed. Uh, and it ended with Cissé finishing from a tight angle thanks to a Di Francesco assist. It was in the 95th minute that Inter finally managed to get that winning goal that they were looking for for so long. It was Dumfries after a Barella corner was flicked on by Lautaro Martinez to the oncoming Dumfries who only needed to make contact to convert and he scored with the final kick of the game. So my initial reaction to this bro is sure Inter struggled but they got all three points, which is what good teams do. Mm -hmm. But why do you think that Inter struggled? So I think that Inter play a system that um, 
is difficult to execute efficiently if you're not 100% match fit. Mm. And I think that that was something that we saw from Inter. We saw particularly in the midfield, you know, Barella, Brozovic and Shalanoglu, nothing special, man. That's, pra- a, practically. that's a very good point because Brozovic literally just came back from injury yeah. three, four days ago. There we go, man. They were honestly, Barella was probably the best one of the lot, but um, invisible, to be honest with you. Gossens was a shadow mm. of his former self. Facts. Um, you know, I mean, Martinez as well was getting frustrated more more than anything else all game. Yeah. Um, so uh, I think that was the biggest problem with them. They were match fit. And, and then you see, for example, Di Marco. And he looked great, man. Di Marco was probably he looked prepared. one of the best, better players. I think he was pitch. by far the best player on this inter team. He was advancing from that left center back position as yeah. well. Of course. He I pretty mean, much created the, towards, the first goal. <laughs> towards the end of the game when they were 1 1. Mm. And it was like the 80th minute onwards. It's so funny, dude. Fucking Inzaghi, I'm pretty sure, lined up a 2 2 6, man. <laughs> <laughs> 2 2 6 with Lautaro, Lukaku, and Zerko in the fucking middle. And. Di Marco and Denzel Dumfries on the fucking wings, man. Honestly, that's what it looked like to me. And there was Correa as well playing there somewhere, probably in the midfield or some shit like that. He's like us when we're playing FIFA against each other. Yeah. Ultra attacking 4 2 4. Like. <laughs> 4 2 4, bring on all my strikers. Fuck it. But that's, that's literally what happened. And Di Marco was literally the, the main offensive threat for Inter this game. Agreed, agreed. I think Barella was quite good considering what was around him. In that in that period, like I'm looking at the the match ratings, the only people that have a high high ish rating are the ones that contributed to goals. Otherwise, it's Barella who didn't contribute directly to goals, but it was his corner. And um, it was a bit of build up play by him as well. You know what I mean? So he was inserting himself quite a bit, um, much more than his teammate Hakan Chalnoglu and Brozovic just seemed a bit slow. But you know how those three are; they pick it up in fucking no time and then end up being the best midfield in the league. Yeah. Probably again. Um, so Inter struggled against a Lecce that, listen to this, because I, I, I don't think you know this. So Lecce came in with a couple of injuries. Two of them were Alessandro Tuya and mm-hmm. Castriot Dermaku. Okay. Right? These are two center backs of theirs. So it left them with one center back in Chetin. Mm-hmm. And he was partnered up with a right back named Baschirotto. Oh, Baschirotto's a right back. Yep. Okay. Chetin went off injured in the 21st and he was replaced by a midfielder named Blin. You're taking the piss. So Lecce played 70 minutes with a right back and a central midfielder as their two centre backs. And Inter couldn't score, bro. That's amazing. Couldn't score. Sure, Falcone had the fucking Falcone game was amazing life, bro. Yeah, Falcone had the game of his life. He had a couple of good ones with Samp. I was surprised last year to see how Dero come back in and bench mm-hmm. Falcone because Falcone man. is a fucking monster, man. A it's monster. True. So that's just a little interesting. That's, that's fact. I had no idea, bro. So they didn't even have a centre back. They didn't have a centre. They currently they're really struggling Lecce because their centre backs are all injured. Okay. They have the Milan last year when when Kier, yeah. Romagnoli and Tomori were all so they were don't all have the legend together. Mattia Gabbia to cover <laughs> exactly Mattia Gabbia and Calumulu yeah. starting <laughs> together just a heart attack back then um, obviously Lukaku scored 82 seconds into his return against Lecce in 2019 Lukaku scored his debut goal for Inter against Lecce really? as well, as well? Uh-huh. Okay. oh written in the stars William <laughs> <laughs> has win beautiful okay, um yeah. Who stood out for you from Lecce? 
Uh, from fun. Lecce, I quite liked fucking Strefezza down the wing. Strefezza was really Strefezza good. was good. And I'm impressed by Cisse. I know I mentioned two offensive players, but at the end of the day, Lecce, obviously Falcone as well. I can't not say Falcone. Yeah. But those three in particular. So Lecce looked calm. They looked like they kept their shape mm-hmm. well. They transitioned from defense into attack quite well. So their build-up play was decent. That's how they got their goal in the 48, I was quite impressed by them. But then individually, if I really had to pinpoint people, it's Falcone, Strefezza and Cisse. Yeah. What do you think? For me, it's the same. I mean, I would say Falcone, Strefezza. Of course, Cisse scored, but I was really impressed by Gallo, the fullback. Oh, Gallo. Gallo he was good. He looks really good, man, mm-hmm. honestly. And against Darmian, they had Darmian and Scrinio on his side. They did really well. And they brought in Frabotta. I'm not quite sure Frabotta will find it easy to displace Gallo on this team. Hmm. Huh? It's difficult, but then Frabotta just has more experience. Frabotta yeah. has the fact that he's owned by Juventus, man. Exactly. That, that's the card he'll play. So, yeah, not a bad first game for Marco Barani and his men, especially against Inzaghi's Inter. And you can see, if you manage Marco Barani with newly promoted lecture, manages to make a sweaty, stressed out fucking... Inzaghi celebrate like he won the league at the hey, end hey, because hey. they fucking got a late winner against Lecce. That's a job well done, dude. Honestly, it is, man. It is. Honestly. No, I, I had Lecce in last. I'm not gonna be that guy to change my <laughs> opinion after one match. But after this game, <laughs> no. But I'm impressed. I'm impressed. That that doesn't look like a team that comes twentieth in Serie. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna be totally honest. But we'll with see. You. They might absolutely suck after this. Exactly. Exactly. Um. Inter, obviously, I'm sure that they'll they'll grow uh, from this from this game. I'm sure mm-hmm. that they're on a high. I think Lecce should also be on a high from that as well. So I'm interested to see what these two teams are going to do. I'd like to say as well that um, Inter have sold their youth player Cassidy yes. to to Chelsea for somewhere between fifteen to twenty million. Twenty million, and that's. Pinamonti as well for 20 million. So suddenly they have 40 million plus Valencia. So like that's so ca- turns out game. the Correa buy might have not been that bad after all. <laughs> no, it's not worth half of that. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, um, but whatever. Another thing about Inter that I had to mention. What the hell was it? I had something in mind. Brain blast. Oh shit, I forgot. Okay, never mind. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on quickly to the next game. The next game. Jesus, he's lagging out this guy. Yes, sir. <laughs> the next game took place between Juventus and Sassuolo. Oh, this was the Monday night fucking game. Oh, God. You know, um, oh, God. I love football on a Monday night. Football on a Monday is lovely. Better than summer days on a Monday. I'll tell you that Honestly, much. I don't know why. So, Matthew decided to go to a festival. It was great. It was really, really fucking good. It was really good. But you missed the Di Maria and the Gvarakshelia shows, bro. I saw a bit of the Gvara show, but I did end up at a festival with five women, just myself and five other women. Yeah, I had a blast. I don't. You get had wrong. the shortest shorts of everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but it's because anyway. I have the nicest legs. Uh, anyway, Juventus three, Sassuolo nil. Sassuolo. A fun fact about this game before we get into it. Um, have only ever beaten Juventus once away from home. Last season. And it was last season. Remember mm. who scored the winner? No. Maxime Lopez, who was suspended for this game. Oh, <laughs> so unfortunately, 
I mean, I wouldn't say that's solely that's why. why. In fact, I want to point out that I was particularly impressed by his um, replacement, Henrique. In fact, for the first few moments of the Hen- game, Henrique I Henrique thought... Iglesias. <laughs> um, I think it's Henrique. Henrique, yeah. Probably. Maybe Henrique. Henrique. No problem. <laughs> Let's call him Henry. No, because I think he's the Hellas Verona striker. But anyway. <laughs> Fuck. Henrique. Okay, in fact, I thought he was Maxim Lopez at the beginning. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was like, ah, Maxim Lopez turning, like playing the ball around as usual. I was like, who the hell is that? (laughs) Then I realized it's Henrik and he was playing very well. So let's go through the lineups. And Perrin started in goal for Juventus. Uh, This happens sometimes before Chesney Mm -hmm. comes back and we'll never see Perrin again. Um, Danilo on the right, Bonucci and Bremer, which has a nice ring to it as the centre-back partnership. Um, Sandro out wide. McKenny on the left and Quadrado on the right. It was a 4-4-2 at the beginning. Locatelli and Zakaria in the middle with Vlaovic and Di Maria up front. The 4-4-2 did not last very long. It no. lasted until the first water break, actually. He did it to, like, bamboozle. Like, he yeah. lined up a 4-4-2 just to bamboozle Sassuolo. I mean, I think he did it because at heart he's still a terrorist. But anyway, you <laughs> see. Um, Consili was in goal for Sassuolo. And Muldur was on the right and Rogerio on the left with the centre back pairing of Ferrari and Ihan, aka Nanu Joe and Nanname. Um, <laughs> the midfield three were Fratesi, Henrik, and Thorsvet. And up front, of course, with Berardi on the right, Kiriakopoulos on the left, and Defrel up front. Can I just say, I fucking. Every time I think of our theory about Consili, I laugh. <laughs> So much. It's so funny, bro. I love. Do you so want to much. explain maybe to new listeners? About yeah, we we'll have a few new listeners. Firstly, thank you very fucking much, guys, because we're randomly getting a bunch of downloads ever since I think we we've introduced a bit of video yeah. on social we'll media. So we'll, we'll, like we'll keep that up for for sure. After that, our theory is basically, you know, we can't believe that Italy keep on calling up Donnarumma, Cranio, and then Sirigu. Yes, and Sirigu. last time Donnarumma was injured yeah. and it was Cranio, Sirigu and, and some motherfucker, Meret. Yeah. And there was another time they called up someone, bro. I've never heard of him in no, my no, life. No. They, they call up with keepers. Basically anything not to call up Consigli. So our theory And he is, has one cap. He has one cap. So he was there once. You know what he did? In our opinion, our theory is that he wanks in the shower. Relentlessly. Relentlessly. I feel like once Insigne just drew the curtains and found him like squatting down with his hand between his legs, giving himself all those backhanded (laughs) (laughs) blowjobs. Backhanded wanks after sitting on his arm for too long, like numbing it. And I think he was never called up since. So he was like, guys, it's like someone else is doing it. I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Never called up again. Yeah. But he's a fuck. That's the thing. No, all jokes aside, Consigli is a brilliant keeper. And it's it's surprising that he never never plays for the Italian national team. So I don't know what's going on over there. Um, Sassuolo were also missing Hamad Traore, who was absent due to injury. Now, the game started off. um, Juve weren't as dominant at the beginning of the game. Sassuolo were playing their part, you know, it looked like a balanced affair. And then mm. the first water ba- break came and um, Allegri decided to change things around. He changed to a 4-3-3 instead of a 4-4-2. Um, and honestly, this changed the game completely. In the 26th minute, in fact, an Alexandro Cross fell to Di Maria. And Di Maria just shot it, like bounce shot it off the floor and over Consigli. And that was 1-0 to Juventus. 
In the 43rd minute, Vlaovic found himself clean through on goal, 1v1 against Ferrari. Um, Ferrari, to be honest, still had... He was, he was equal to him, but he used all 30 years of his footballing experience to just grab Vlaovic and like wrap his arms around him and drop him on the floor and give away a penalty basically. What else can you do at that point? Honestly, imagine, like, I don't get it, man. Like, why as a... You're 30 years old, you're a centre-back. You're one-on-one with Vlaovic, you know, and you're going to wrap yourself around him before he's even beaten you. Yeah. It's just weird to me, man. Yeah, it's, it's a... It seems like a non-experienced it's, move at the end of the day. You're yeah. obviously giving away a penalty. It's panic. He's panicking. He's like, oh my that. God, this is Vlog. Shit, <laughs> shit. You know, he's literally freaking out. Like, you can see it. And Vlog um, just seemed stronger than him. He struck him off, fell to the ground and won a penalty. Exactly. Like, and easy. then boom, he scores it himself. That's 2-0. And then in the second half, in the 51st minute, um, Di Maria's deflected pass fell to Vlaovic, who um, stretches and finishes very well. Um, this was after Ihan's mistake. So Ferrari and Ihan both had mistakes, leading to goals. Terrible display by both of them. Mm. And we thought that Vladimir Kirikas was the problem back there. <laughs> Turns out it's just a, just a curse over there. It's a swallow. They can't have a decent centre-back performance over there. Agreed. Okay. Um, Bro, 3-0. I was surprised. I thought Sassuolo would bring it. Uh, I, I thought Sassuolo would bring it. Obviously, we know what Sassuolo are like against the top seven teams. They just simply always perform against them. Mm. But more than that, I was very pleasantly surprised by Juve because Juve did not give Sassuolo the opportunity to do any of that shit that they like to do against the top teams. It's like true. They didn't concede a single goal I feel like they had a good performance defensively midfield is TBD yeah. I feel there's still a bit of TBD over there um, and then up front I think Di Maria was fucking sensational he was I'm sure you have a point there to to talk about him Vlaovic was I mean I thought it was obvious well. I thought it was obvious that Di Maria would do well in Italy um, the thing is uh, to, to be fair we've both been right so far I said yeah. he'd do well in Italy. He said you can't play consistently. So he started his first game, one goal, one assist, and he's off injured. Allegri said he's not worried about the injury. Um, it's just an abductor injury. Yeah, it's, it's something Something he struggled yeah. with for a while, apparently. And even when he was training, he had this injury, mm-hmm. kind of my, a minor um, form of this injury, I guess. But yeah. but yes, he, he, I think he'll be out. From, last thing I saw was two weeks, two weeks out. I, I, I saw seven to ten days. Okay. Seven to Something, ten days okay. is the kind of timeline they're, they're giving him. Cool. But I thought Sassuolo would bring it primarily, but I was also very surprised by Juve's performance. They just hit the ground running immediately, mm-hmm. man. It's true. And in fact, they did so in such a manner that they were able to bring on Miretti, Rovella and Sule towards exactly. the end of the game, you know, their youth team. Just they also me. brought on Kostic and gave him a pressure-free first performance. They brought on Mattia De Cilio, who had two moves, bro, like fucking prime Ronaldinho. I swear to, <laughs> I swear to God, man, there was a point the commentator was like, I'm sure that was intentional by Mattia De Cilio. It gets a replay and it literally was. Like, he's looking at the ball and he looks at like where he wants it to go and he plays it there, like with the back heel. Fucking it's hell. Where was crazy. this guy for Milan, man? <laughs> but anyway, um, Thord's belt, I thought, looked very raw for Sassuolo. He needs some time to adapt. Um, but that's pretty much with no point on milking the dead cow that is Sassuolo, what do you think? Um, I think there's one more point, actually. Um, okay. Pinamonti's entrance. Um, 
I think he had some promising runs, some promising moments. Um, I think he'll score a couple of goals as a solo Penamonti. I think so as well. Yet. I, I rate Penamonti a lot as a player. I think he's a, you know, a young, creative attacker and he's got the Grinta, the Grinta that, that you know, is in great strikers, the great strikers of Italy, like Luca Toni, for mm. example, he had some good, some that good passion for goals. Him. Exactly, he just loves scoring. And I think in a team like Sassuolo with Berardi to your right, and then, you know, Fratesi behind you, uh, Thorsvet is apparently a very good forward passer, so, mm-hmm. so I'll be looking forward to a see more draw, of that. A bit but, but he looks good. Exactly. Um, obviously, we probably won't see Raspadori play for Sassuolo again after it seems like he's very, very close to, Napoli, to a yeah. Napoli move. But I feel like overall, Sassuolo have a good enough squad to put food on the table for Pinamonti to be able to back them. I think so too, man. I think that I think that he'll get goals. Like I think it's twelve goals guaranteed for him this season. Well, I would say around eight, nine. Okay. I mean, a kit. <laughs> Shall we? <laughs> I mean, I'm still waiting for my three. But anyway, <laughs> one more you need. One more in the uh, world. I told you I pitched in for the classic. Yeah, but that was one. before we made the bet. And I got you the Fiorentina one. And then for your fourth birthday, I got you a toy. Who the fuck cares? <laughs> You're up, bro. No, you don't want to discuss Juve a little bit more, bro. I think I they mean, looked really, really they, good. They like, looked really dominant. You know, they looked and then they kept scoring. It's not like the classic Allegri way that we know where you score one and then you defend and then you concede, then you sweat to score another. You know what I mean? They kept going all game. Di Maria is a breath of fresh air for them. Quadrado playing up the, higher up is just incredible, man. Yeah. Like, even there was a point when a ball was coming from the top, like quite high up. He just touches it first time and just instantly does it like wiggle turn, you know, uh, the one like, uh, and he skips his man instantly. Like, he's, he's so good. He's the closest thing. He's the closest human. How am I going to word this? That's right. He's a human cockroach, bro. That's what he is. Okay. He's slipping around, you know, you can't, can't catch him, like going through the crevices, like you're trying to fucking whack him with your shoe and you can't get him, like, <laughs> you know, you're breaking your furniture trying to get him and he can't, like, he's a human cockroach, Quadrado, honestly. So I slippery. I see what you mean yeah. about Quadrado. And, and just Quadrado having Di Maria up ahead of him is nuts, man. It is, it nuts. really is. Uh-huh, Juve will be up there, man, this year. Juve will definitely be up there. I think so. So the next game we're going to be covering is Verona 2, Napoli 5. Not the first high-scoring affair we saw between these two teams. It was the first time we saw Verona under Trophy ourselves. Obviously, they had the midweek loss a couple of days ago. That was under Trophy as well. I believe it was a 4-1 loss to Bari. Um, mm. But yeah, Verona 2, Napoli 5. So Napoli lined up with Meret in goal, with Di Lorenzo and Mario Rui being the right-back and left-back. Rahmani and Minjay forming the centre-back duo. Um, Anguissa, Lobotka and Zielinski started in the midfield with Lozano and Gvaracelia out wide and Ozyman down the middle. On the other hand, Verona lined up with their 3-5-2 formation, a much changed side from last year's 3-4-2-1 formation. Um, it was Montepo on goal with Amione, Gunter and Davidovic at the back. Faroni and Lazovic were the two wing-backs. Ilic, Hongla and Tamez were the three centre midfielders. And K-Dog Lazi started up front alongside Thomas Henri. So in the 29th minute, it was K-Dog Lazi that opened the scoring. It was a corner by Illich that was flicked on by Gunter and into Lasagna's path at the far post, leaving him with an empty net to thump the ball into. It was totally unmarked. And I feel like Rui could have done much better in that situation. 
A goal for Lasagna is a goal for Seiya Spotlight. There you go. Thank you, Kevin. In the 37th minute, Kvara scored his first goal of the season um, on his debut after he headed in after a Lausanne cross. It's good to know that he can head the ball as and well. And apparently, he, it's not his strongest point. You know what I mean? And I would have never guessed by by looking at the way he headed it in. He took it very you well, know, man. He, did. he yeah. took it ridiculously well. Spalletti said that that's not his um, strongest point and it was good to see him scoring a header. Yeah, yeah. In the 48th minute, still in the first half, Ruiz corner was flicked on by Di Lorenzo and volleyed in by Ozyman. This man just loves scoring against Verona. We're talking about Becao against Milan. Ozyman has the same against Hellas Verona. I yeah. believe he scored two against them last year, if not three, bro, over the course of the two legs. Um, in the 48th minute, but in the second half, Thomas Henry got the equaliser. Um, he headed in on his debut after a brilliant run and cross by Davide Faraoni. Um, he seemed to injure K-Dog Lazzi while they were <laughs> celebrating. The creamy main course went on to play until the 72nd minute, though. So, uh -huh, you can't bring the man down like that. No, he, but he did. He was bleeding from his mouth, you know. That's Lasagna. fucking nuts. Like he was man. playing with like a... Cotton button, a cotton pad, sorry, in his uh, mouth for the rest of the game. Henri needs to take a trip to Milan, speak to Lukaku, speak to Lukaku's mom, because it seems like he has a bad omen <laughs> about him. So she could bring him some some good juju after that. It seems yeah. like everywhere Henri goes, like sure he's off to a good start, but it seems like he just brings a bit of trouble with him. In the 55th minute, bro, Zielinski scored this goal and it was just a classic, sexy, stylish, luxurious goal by the gangsters of Naples, as it was a one-touch play because Zielinski cleaned through on goal, who slotted in without issue. Same old Napoli, brother. Honestly. Same old Napoli. Guevara, that ball, man. Like, it's Mama safe to mia. say, I'm sorry, I'm gonna come out here, bro. You heard it here first. I, Jake Fennec, I'm Guevara sexual. Fucking hell. I appreciate Gvitra Gvarashelia to the maximum, bro. He's such a cool player, man. He's so direct and he's so skillful. You never know what he's going to do when he gets the ball. Um, that ball that he gave to Zielinski was so clever, man. Like, he... Many players have taken an extra touch there. He knew that, like, he it would have been better without it. And he put the perfect amount of weight on it. The perfect ball to Zielinski, man. Amazing ball, honestly. I, I'm a real big fan of this guy. Firstly, I support you. But still, if you need to talk, I'm here for you. Thank you very much. Um, but aha, Guevara, it, it just seems like, okay, I'm at Napoli. So this is a first time ball. Yeah. You know what I mean? Ozyman dragged the ball down into midfield so well. He released, I believe it was to Lobotka, who released it to Guevara, who released it to... To Zielinski, who yeah. finished off so well. And that was just a classic, classic Napoli goal. In the 65th minute, Lo Stanislav Lobotka turned into Lionel Lobotka. Yeah. <laughs> it was such a messy goal. He just yeah. like ran down the middle, swiveled his fucking shoulder left, right, left, right a little bit and curled it into the bottom corner yeah. from just outside the area. Spalletti said that he reminds him of Iniesta. Really? Yeah, Lobotka yeah, reminds yeah, him of yeah, Iniesta? Yeah. yeah. Fucking hell. Uh, has he ever managed? So high is the question, but sure. Uh -huh. at, this, at this point, just everyone's getting their name on the on the score sheet. Um, 79th minute, then Politano, mamma, fucking mia, man. Another brilliant goal for Napoli. Um, this one, Loki, might have even been better than Zielinski's, with a slight question mark around it, take it to a pinch of salt. The man who converted, which is Politano, is the man who started the attack. He played the ball to Di Lorenzo, who squared the ball into the box. Ozzyman flicked it back 
stylishly to put it on at time to control and convert into the bottom yeah. corner. It was fantastic, man. Adamunas then came on the bench and had a brilliant performance. He scored within 90 seconds after combining with Politano. A really good goal. A really good goal, man. But it was disallowed for Alessio Zerbin's foul on the goalkeeper. That's yeah. why it was disallowed. But man, fuck me. Do Napoli look good? They look really fuck good. Fuck me, Napoli look good, man. They look really good, honestly, for a team that lost so many fundamental players like in Ospina, Koulibaly, Fabian Ruiz, Insigne. Insigne, like Jesus Christ, they lost, they lost an important player in every single position, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I was extremely impressed by them. And I was like surprised to see Napoli under Guevara, kind of, now this is obviously after one match, so again, take it with a pinch of salt. But I see them with Gvara being slightly better than they were under Insignia. Especially towards the end. You know, I agree with you. Insignia towards the end wasn't that great, in my opinion. His last season with Napoli. He would slow down exactly. sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And he was a bit predictable. He had this like ego where he'd just shoot, you know, for yeah. example. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think Gvara is a breath of fresh air for them, 21 years old. As he's well. a breath of fresh air. It seems like he's, he's quite an all-rounder as well. Um, he could link up play, he could score with the head, he could score with his feet, he's explosive, he's dynamic, um, pardon me. But above and beyond everything, he is incredibly direct. Him and Lozano down the wings are incredibly direct. And for Napoli, it's so good. Because when they play down in Sinia's side, sure, he'll bring something a little bit different. He'll, well, different at, at, at that point, it was something... You know, it was on paper essentially for them. He used to cut inside, slow down the play. But now it's like, whether we go down the right or whether we go down the left, we're going to be explosive, we're going to be quick and good luck. Like they wouldn't yeah. leave time for the defense to adjust in this yeah. game. And that's why that's why they won this game. And you can see that they were playing with a chip on their shoulder. Napoli, mm. they wanted to remind everyone that, hey, we're still here. We're still competitive. They're not coming fifth. Matt exactly. and Jake. Yeah, Matt and Jake, you fucking assholes. We're, we're going to be in top four. Um, they also got revenge on Hellas. Remember that Hellas mm-hmm. is the team two years ago that stopped Napoli from playing Champions League football. Yeah. When they were under got two. So they exactly. missed out by one point or two points, something crazy like that. Exactly. Um, yeah, it was a Faroni goal at the end. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I also need to point out that this is match day one, right? Yeah. Napoli have already worn a special jersey. <laughs> Incredible, man. Incredible. They have four kits already. It's match day fucking one, dog. Match yeah. day one. This was a replication of the kit that goalkeeper Claudio Garella wore in goal when they won the Scudetto in 84-85 because okay. he died last week. Which is why there was the, the minute of silence before okay. the game. It's cool, it's nice, I get it, but I any excuse for them yeah. to for them to create like, a new They kit, love man. making money off a dead person, Napoli. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. The amount of Maradona kids they had yeah. made. One player that stood out to me as being not up to the task whatsoever was Amione. Amione was kind of rubbish bro, bro, for, Ver- for Verona. Fuck Verona concentrating every transfer window, putting all of their finances into the attacking part of the game and just totally neglecting those three at the back. Because they're weak, bro. They're simply not that good. It's true. Sure, Gunther is good in the air. Sure, Davidovic has a good slide tackle to him. You know what I mean? But 
bro, very average for a team that's aiming for ninth, eighth, top ten, essentially. Their back three is awful, man. It's true. And I know I'm judging them against Napoli, but this isn't only against Napoli. This was last season as well. Yeah. Amione was terrible. Amione was bad. Otherwise, Gunter and Davidovic were okay. Yeah. Okay. But but again, Napoli were just too quick. They were too they were. dynamic for them. They couldn't they couldn't find their feet. And they grew into the game well, Napoli. There was a moment in the first half before they were winning. Um, they had a free kick, right? Mm. And there was the kicker and there was the, the guy who does the, the fake run. You what know, is this, one? American football with yeah. the kicker? There was the kicker man, there was the <laughs> player outfield who ran by the byline. There was, no, no, no. There was, honestly, there was the guy taking the free kick and there was the guy who did the fake run. Okay. So the player fake runs and the player who was meant to take the free kick ran away from it as well. So there was a massive miscommunication and basically both players standing over the free kick ran away from the ball. And, and that, this was like, the reaction from the fans was hilarious. It was like a... <laughs> How embarrassing, man. Yeah. At that point, you just want the game to end, man. I'm sure they wouldn't have minded the final whistle being blown soon after, like... Yeah. Um, I had another point. Of course, Giovanni Simeone didn't start this match for the simple reason that he has moved to the opponents in Napoli. And it is official. He will be joining them. Um, I don't know about fees. I don't know about length of contract, but he is now a, a Napoli player. And, and we'll see him there in the coming weeks. Yeah, um, probably Fabian, playing second fiddle to, to Ozyman, but not a bad second sure. fiddle not, to have. He, he and they need one. Yeah. How many goals did he score last year? Quite a few, man. Oh, bro, like 18, yeah, I think. something like that. Something like that. I mean, they, they came in four games. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> he scored three goals here, two goals there. Um, but yeah, he'd be, he'd be a good addition to Napoli. Him under Spalletti, I see him growing a lot. He's a player with a, with a fine set of testicles. Um, obviously, Fabian Ruiz didn't start after, after his transfer to PSG. He's moving to PSG, yeah. Fabian Ruiz. I was not expecting PSG. It seems like he's been flirting with fucking... I thought he'd go to Real. Hey, 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 yeah. hey. Uh-huh. But yeah, that's pretty much Napoli-Verona for you. So Napoli, like we said, they looked fucking incredible. They, yeah, they picked even up... Even Adam where... Unas looked amazing. Like, hey, so. man, hey. They, they, they picked up where they left off last year. We saw mm-hmm. Oliveira come on. We got a nice little glimpse of him. Um, Verona, on the, on the other hand, I mean, you can't judge them too much. They managed to get... Two goals to this Napoli side that looked phenomenal. Um, it's good to see Lasagna and Henri both scoring is a very good sign for their new front two. They obviously saw from the 3-4-2-1 to the 3-5-2. So it's good that that seems like it's going to work. Um, it was interesting to see Barak on the bench and, and mm. coming on later on in place of Ongla. He might be leaving Barak. Really? Yeah, yeah that, that explains him not starting. In fact, I believe there was something today about him leaving. Do we have a news update for you? Let's see. Fiorentina are going after him. After Barak? Yeah. And there is... Yeah, and there's um, West Ham as well who are targeting him. So there's quite a few. There's a lot of interest. There's Fiorentina and there's West Ham. Um, Yeah, I mean, it'd be a shame to lose him. Yeah, it would. would. He's He's a super player. And to be honest, Verona, after losing Zaccagni... After losing Caprari, yeah. they don't want to. After losing Simeone, Amrabat, Rahmani, Amrabat, they're they're gonna lose him now. Yeah. They're gonna lose Barak now. Di Marco, ah, Di Marco, oh my yeah. god, man! But they always seem to find adequate. They always manage. They always. They're a really well-run t- team, in my opinion. Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. I think that's enough to move on to the next game, dude. Lazio Bologna. Well, um, this was an entertaining one. It really was. Um, the score was 2 1. Um, fun fact about Lazio Bologna is that Lazio have won more home matches against Bologna than any other side in Serie A. They've won 38 matches at home against Bologna. But um, it did not prove to be (laughs) so simple as in the sixth minute, the new goalkeeper for Lazio, Maximiano, charged out confidently, slid and grabbed the ball to stop the striker from, of course, being cleaned through. Um, And he was actually out of his box. Um, So he got a straight red card after a VAR check. For a handball and he looked humiliated you know of course that's a nightmare situation over Madonna. there who would you have rather been maxim maximiano or radu um i'd still say maximiano same man radu, which maximiano. is the fact that happened twice right exactly yeah. and once it cost his team the league which sucks yeah. and it was like the only <laughs> game he played all season but anyway um yes so um let's go through the Lineups first of all. Yeah. So we have Maximiano on goal for a solid six minutes for Lazio. <laughs> we have Lazzari on the right and Marusic on the left with the centre back pairing of Romagnoli and Patrick. We have Basic, Cataldi, and Milinkovic Savic as a midfield three. Zakani out wide on the left and Anderson on the right with a mobile up front. While Bologna lined up with Skorupski in goal, Sao Mauro, Medel and Liko Giannis at the back, De Silvestri on the right and Cambiasso on the left, Dominguez and Schouten as a double pivot with Soriano right in front of them, Arnautovic and Sansone up front. So in the sixth minute, Maximiano got his red card, of course, um, he was um, replaced by Provedel. Um, who came on it to be honest that's a good that's a good replacement Providel and, for sure Providel this great. is the perfect opportunity for him to make himself indispensable you know in the 38th minute um, Soriano was brought down by Zakani in the box um, of course Arnie converted the penalty he's such a good penalty taker Arnautovic mm-hmm. he's a really good player overall man I feel like United fans were very quick to shoot down the option of, of them getting Arnautovic when in reality he would really help them I mean, right now. Right now, for sure, anything man. would help for them right sure. now. Madonna. Yeah. Someone said they're going after Rabio. They're <laughs> really that's good. going to help. They know Bola. They know Bola. <laughs> In the 49th minute, Sao Mauro got his second yellow. He got two yellows in 11 minutes. Sao Mauro, more like Sao Moron, am I right? <laughs> Honestly, man, you're a man up. You're beating Lazio 1-0. And you're gonna go and get a fucking. You're gonna go and get two yellows yeah, in the space of 11 stupid, minutes. Man. It's stupid, honestly. It's, it's very stupid. stupid. And in fact, he blew the game wide open. Yeah. You know, in the 68th minute, De Silvestri scored an own goal. He was under a lot of pressure across game and it hit him and went in. And in the 79th minute, Immobile got the winner when he was played through by Sergei Milinkovic Savic and his finish was just good enough to get past the goalkeeper. The Lazio classic, Sergei to Immobile. And that's it. <laughs> the commentator forgot Immobile's name, which was hilarious. <laughs> but that was before, um, on a chance earlier on. But anyway, um, I feel like it's difficult to judge these teams from what we saw, especially Lazio. Um, their mentality is one thing we can highlight because they, they overcame quite a difficult situation in the first few minutes of the game and still managed yeah. to get three points but it's always difficult to to judge a team and how they play after you know playing with 10 men for the whole game basically no for sure and I think there's more positive than negative to take out of it for Lazio sure they didn't look flashy they didn't look like a Maurizio Sarri side you know what I mm-hmm. mean but at the end of the day we always talk about teams under pressure getting the job done and you know after six minutes your new goalkeeper gets sent off 
Um, so you need to take a player out, you need to bring on Providel, and then you need to play against a Bologna side that looked good. And Bologna are always, if they're anything, they're tough. Yeah. They're very tough. So it was no easy task for Lazio, but they kept it up. They, they And they managed to fight back and win 2-1. It was not easy at all, man. They forced it. For sure, for sure. Um, great saves all around by Skorupski and Providel, of course. Um, to be honest, the only thing I have to highlight right now is that Musa Barrow, when he came on, had a few moments to actually inspire the game but uh, and to affect the game, quite frankly. But instead, he he got his usual tunnel vision that he's had for yeah. three seasons now. Mm. He just doesn't see the pass or he just makes the wrong decision, quite frankly. And I'm starting to wonder right now, is it a tunnel vision thing or is it a... Because he's selfish, stupid. Well, honestly, what can you say about this? I'd, I'd say selfish. Uh huh. I think selfish, I think yeah. he's used to being the best player. Even with his, his national team, man. If they, get, if, they team, have, yeah. if they have, if they have a free kick from the halfway line, he's shooting. <laughs> that's, that's the type of team they are. But anyway. yeah, he's Musabaro is incredibly frustrating. Incredibly frustrating to me. He's got no place in this team. Firstly, they play a, a three, four, one, two, and to me, he's not a striker. You think Musa he's more Barrow. of a like left winger? For sure, for sure. Yeah, in fact, Mihailovic has said the same thing. Mihailovic has said that Barrow doesn't um, inspire in front of goal. No, he's a winger. It put put him out wide. If he loses the ball, it goes out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Win a throw in something. You can cut inside. You can play the ball in. Go for a goal from distance. Whatever. Don't put him yeah. in front of goal. It's you know, true. I'm sure he has less opportunities to pass in front of goal, which is probably a good thing for him. But no, to me, he doesn't fit the system. And to be honest, he brings more bad than good it's right true. now for Bologna. Cambiasso was decent, um, of course, on loan from Juventus. Liko Giannis was decent his first game after joining from Cagliari. Um, but that's pretty much it for the Bologna side. Um, for Lazio, Romagnoli had his first start. He was okay. Um, that's pretty much it, to I be think honest with you. Classic. Sergey was their best, the best player. player. I agree. I think Zakanyi was good. Was good as well. I know he gave away the penalty, and that will impact his rating. But he had some opportunities where he would turn a quarter of a chance into a chance. Yeah, the player can do that. Like he cut inside and shot at a point, and it was yeah. incredibly close. Would have been some goal. Would have been our goal of the week probably if he probably. put it into the back of the net. Probably. He was quite. He was quite good as well. Cataldi impressed me as well for, for a center midfielder filling mm-hmm. in for Lucas Leiva. He seemed to do his job He's well. He's the guy, all right? Exactly. Lots of fans love him. He's been there from day one. I thought Cancellari was fine when he came mm-hmm. on. Luis Alberto was fine when he came on. This was a very, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the day, a systematic performance for Lazio. Players were coming in. Look, we're down to 10 men. Nine outfield players. Just do what the fuck you have to do. Like, do what the fuck you have to do. And that they did. That they did. Shall we move on to the next game? Let's move on to Salernitana, Roma. Let's move on to the other side of Rome. <laughs> the classic transition. Here we go. It's Davide Nicolas Salernitana losing 1-0 at home to Jose Mourinho's new-look Roma side. So this new-look Roma side lined up with Patricio and goal, who else, with a back three of Mancini, Smalling and Ibanez. Flanked by Karsdorp and Spinazzola. The midfield two were Pellegrini and Cristante, with the ball and Zaniolo just ahead of them and Tammy Abraham playing in that lone striker role. 
First Salernitana was Sepe and goal with a back three of Fazio, Gyomber and Bron, supported by Mazzocchi and Candreva as the wingbacks. Vilena, Koulibaly and Castanos formed the midfield three, with Bonazzoli and Botheim playing up front. The only goal came in the 33rd minute. It was a shot from outside the area by Cristante that took a slight deflection of Koulibaly, enough to throw Sepe off and fly into the bottom corner. So, the new look Roma, how did they look to you? So, I thought they looked good overall, and I don't think the 1-0 scoreline does them justice, because I, I do believe that they played much better than their opponent. Um, I liked the way Zaniolo was deployed. I liked the way that they, they utilized him, especially like they created space for him. He was charging down the fucking middle of the pitch and down the left. He was playing very well. The ball as well. They were wasteful though. It has to be said. The oh, ball and Zaniolo particularly very, very wasteful. Oh man. And in fact, it took a Brian Cristante goal to get them over the line. Um, Karsdor yeah. got close at the point, he hit the crossbar. A deflected Brian yeah. Cristante goal. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, that's what it does. But that's it, you know, clean sheet on your on your first match and, yeah. and the win, you know, that, that was pretty good yeah. um, for them. So I thought that they looked much more fluid than they did last mm-hmm. year. Yes. It didn't seem like they were playing for those one-off situations they weren't playing for the corners they weren't playing for the free kicks they were switching play nicely they were overlapping they were running down the wing you saw a lot of good support down the middle by Pellegrini the mm-hmm. ball always available Zaniolo carrying the ball forward they were they're a handful they are they're handful, a for fucking sure, handful for sure nowadays. even Spanazzol on the left yeah however that being said so it looks like Zaniolo set to stay in the capital it mm-hmm. looks like he's eager Mourinho wants him the fans want him and it seems like he still wants to write his story with with Roma. Mm. He was really good. They were playing off him more than they were playing off Dybala. He looked fucking strong. He looked he fit. He looked fast. I yeah. hope he can stay fit. But Jesus Christ, his finishing needs work, it man. Does, it does. Because three times he was clean through on goal and he hit the target. He hit the target once. Great save by Sepe. Was kind of straight to him from a yeah. slightly tight angle, but was clean through on goal three times. The Bala had two chances, hit the post once, and was off tar- target the other time. A lot of work needs to be done in those in those scenarios. Obviously, cold feet, they're just getting back. They'll, they'll brush up on their finishing, you know what I mean? They'll, they'll look... They, like, what pisses me off is Zaniolo could have found Tammy on a number of occasions. Yes. The Bala could have as well, you know what I mean? But they want to hit the ground running, That's it. so they That's didn't. It. That's it. There's an element of selfishness to it. But I'm sure that once they, they gel, they start playing for each other. There's a Mourinho team at the end of the day. I doubt they'll have any selfishness. Yeah, yeah. Well, they looked energetic. They looked optimistic, like we said, but they mm-hmm. just failed the final product. Um, they, if, if there's one area, well, if there's a second area of criticism for Roma, Seems as though there's a slight gap from the midfield too to the defense. I totally agree, man. Especially when when Salernitana are charging towards them, there were moments where there was no midfield. Hey. It's just the midfielder of Salernitana charging against the back line of Roma, and, and that happened what, on multiple occasions. You know what that is, bro? In my opinion, I think at well, least from just watching the game and looking at the starting eleven, Pellegrini in that holding midfield role and, and in that box to box role. It's the fact that Cristante isn't this crusher. No, no, he's you not. You know, like he's well, not. 
he's kind of a hybrid no he's a, he's a yeah. jack of all trades master of none kind of yeah. player you know what I mean? he tackles well sure he's very strong way stronger than the average player but when it comes to his like tackling and winning the ball back you can't compare him to for example Benacer or Lobotka no, you know what I no, mean they're no, the guys no. who fucking or Torreira like they fucking exactly. crush it Torreira would have been a great move for Loma 100% thing is Cristante is okay everywhere mm-hmm. but he's probably better at crushing than he is anything else you know what I, I mean, mean? I, I see him as a box to box player almost a, not a mezzala don't get me wrong he's I see him closer to, to a defensive midfielder Cristante yeah. but but fact of the matter is he's got Pellegrini to his side mm-hmm. now Pellegrini in an ideal world would be filling in either for Dybala or Zaniolo he's an offensive player we've seen him play in the center midfield role before but you get your best player in Pellegrini and you put him in a position that weakens him and makes him a worse player and I don't think I don't think that's the move mm-hmm. now you tell me what are you going to do you're going to bench Zaniola you're going to bench Dybala you're going to bench Pellegrini I don't know man I'm not the manager of Roma you know what I mean I don't <laughs> yeah. make these decisions but it just seems like Pellegrini is going to want to advance it just seems like Cristante can't do it by himself yeah. you know he's got three behind him what's he going to do fucking turn into a super stretch man and, and stop everyone maybe hasn't got the legs on him to track back that much either yeah. you know what I mean it seems maybe like we will that... see more of Matic man I, I think I think uh, uh, typically typically Mourinho works in similar formations to this with three or two sorry two holding midfielders yeah. two holding midfielders what I predicted was to start um, Matic Along with Vijnaldum. Now, mm. I know Vijnaldum isn't a defensive midfielder, but he can be utilized as, He's as, a, again, as one. a box-to-box midfielder with goal prowess. Exactly. As long as it's not an attacking midfielder like, like Pellegrini. Pellegrini should start 100%. But, but wait, need, there are so many players. It needs to be in place for the Balar yeah. Zaniolo. Simple as that. That's it. And you know what, dude? This season, as long as there are many competitions, they're going to be competing. And so at the end of the day, we'll be seeing these guys. And there'll be injuries. You know, these yeah. guys are all injury prone. Zaniolo and Dybala. Zaniolo and Dybala, they're, they're very injury prone. So yeah. we will be seeing yeah. a lot of Wijnaldum, probably Sharawi as well. And yeah. if I see them directly swap a Fena Jan for them when they could move Pellegrini up there and start a holding midfielder alongside Cristante or alongside Matic, alongside whoever, Wijnaldum, it'll piss me off because... What we're seeing here is a slight misbalance in the team that, sure, didn't cause problems against Salernitana, mm-hmm. but it's Salernitana. You mm-hmm. do that against Milan, that against Inter, against Juve, you can very much get exposed. But that being said, Roma do look like a much improved side. They look very, very fluid in their yes. play and they look way more optimistic than they did last year. That's true. Um, you look at Salernitana on the other hand, they, I mean, not on the other hand, they, they were fine. They were, good. They they were, were very good. organized. Um, I was particularly impressed by Matsoki and, of course, Kondreva. Um, at a point, I think it was Castanos or Castanos who had the ball, and Kondreva was screaming for it on the right, and he didn't play it to him. And you can see Kondreva having a word with him later on. It seems like Castanos wasn't aware of how fucking good Kondreva is, basically. Because, <laughs> in fact, after that moment, they kept playing the ball to him, and you give Kondreva time, he will play the perfect ball. You get Salernitana. You plug in Kondreva, 
play the fucking balls exactly. of Andrea play no matter what and you put Bonazzoli on the other side on the left and just cross them into him as often as you can mm. honestly and they have a decent team to be Bro, honest with you I was, I was gonna say so on paper I wouldn't look at their team and say it's anything to write home about sure they have certain yeah. like, like Braun is good Sepp is good Koulibaly is good Bonazzoli is very good Kandreva is very good that, that's what there is like, Andrew kind of Andrew <laughs> Andrew Berry has a number seven shaved into the in, in, into his head, <laughs> but um, they seem like the same Salernitana towards the end of last season. They kept that yeah, 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 I agree. They kept that energy. You know what I mean? And and for now, exact. Well, match day one. If they kept it from last season through preseason and on to this year, I don't know. Obviously, the relegation. Battle is gonna be oh. as exciting as the Scudetto winner battle for sure, especially that. since some surprise yeah. teams, two newly promoted yeah. teams, managed to stay up. There is in inverted commas less quality at the bottom, yeah. and then you have teams like Roma upgrading at at the at the top end. It's just gonna be a juicy Lucy from both it ends. Really man. Is, man. I can't wait. I can't wait. Um, But yeah, I think that's all I've got to say about about Roma Salernitana. I think I'm happy to move on. Plus three for Mourinho's men. Of course, he'll gladly take that. Roma fans will gladly take that. Three points are all that matter in the first match of the season. The next game is Fiorentina three, Cremonese two. Um, Fiorentina are unbeaten against Cremonese in Serie A. Um, They've won five and... Well, sorry, they've won six now and they've drawn six. Their last game was in 1996, bro, and it was a nil-nil draw. Um, do you know who was managing Fiorentina back then? 1996. I mean, no way. Claudio Ranieri. Oi! Yeah, they came nil-nil. Jesus, bro, retire. <laughs> You've made your relax. money. You're still hey, good. Just relax. Go to the beach. your feet up, bello. Yeah. Chill out, man. So, Fiorentina had Gollini in goal. They had Biragi <laughs> as left back. Golini in goal. Golini in goal. They had, okay, so Golini in goal. Um, Biragi on the left. Benassi on the right as right back. Very weird. They had Milinkovic and Martinez Quarta as the centre backs. Malek, Amrabat and Bonaventura as the midfield three. Sotil on the left. Kwame on the right and Jovic up front. Now, please forgive me. I forgot that Kwame existed. <laughs> Kwame had a fantastic season with Genoa. He joined Fiorentina. He got injured. Oh, and we didn't see him at all. We saw a lot of Saponara, a lot of Sotil. We saw a lot of uh, Gonzalez. Gonzalez, all those guys. Icone. We saw all those guys. I forgot about Kwame. Kwame usually Christ. plays as a striker, but I must tell you out why today he impressed me. We'll get to that very soon. Man, Fiorentina could like spare a winger. They could give us a winger for they have, free. They have so many wingers on the honestly. podcast. Jesus. But anyway, um, Cremonese had Radu in goal, unfortunately for them. They had Bianchetti, Kirikes, and Vasquez at the back. Vasquez, of course, is the former Genoa man, and Kirikes is the former Sassuolo man. They had Gilione out wide, who played a very good game. They had Ser Nicola on the left, Escalante, and Pickle as the midfield double pivot. Um, Pickle, hilarious name. They had Zanimakia as the Trequartista, and Okereke and Desers up front. One thing to notice about Desers is he has the the beautiful combination of light eyes and the dark skin. Now, a gorgeous man can't trip the ball though. <laughs> yes, gorgeous man struggles to play football. Now, in the 16th minute, Bonaventura scored thanks to a Kwame masterclass. Of course, he looked like um, 
kind of shades of Leia over there, but her mm. right-sided Leia wants to do it because man, it was an amazing assist. He plays the ball directly to Bonaventura, who finishes perfectly with his left showing off his experience over there. What a goal! In the 19th minute, only a few moments later, Okereke actually caused an upset. He scored a lovely header. Uh, thanks to a Gillian assist, he did his usual celebration. Mm. He puts two fingers under his chin and wiggles them. I'm not sure what he's trying to do over Could there. Could be maybe like like a, like a rooster. I don't know. I, I think it's more like the Prince of Persia. You know, the, like, I don't know what it is. I have no like idea. His face has legs. But it's cool. I, I like what he does with his posture when he does it this way. He like yeah. slouches forward, does a little hop. and the, the He scored midweek as well. He did. In, he's played in, in the Coppa. He's doing well for, for Two goals and well. two games for him. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> so well done, Okereke. Well done, Gilione. In the 34th minute, Jovic, of course, um, scored the debut goal. Um, any striker works for Italiano, quite Bro, frankly. How many debut goals were there this time? Madonna, Madonna. What a, what a start. What a, what a fucking we're start. We're back, man. Oh. Jovic got the ball after Sotil played it to him. He spun and he shot. Too much time was allowed to him and he did eventually punish Cremonese. In the 44th minute, things escalanted very quickly and Gonzalo <laughs> Escalante got a red card <laughs> for a two-footed lunge over there. It's straight red, no fucking questions asked. Off Bro, he he's a dum-dum. Like, the way, the way that he left... If you leave the ground that way when you're making a slight tackle, you're off. Yeah. Bro, come on, man. Yeah, <laughs> he knew he was in trouble as well. But yeah, um, he was off, and then in the 68th minute, 10 men Cremonese managed to find an equalizer. It was a corner, Gollini palmed the ball away, Bianchetti came out of nowhere and prodded it home. Uh, it was until the 95th minute, you know, I, I was already like, shit, we lost our first bet. <laughs> Ma. I was like, what, what are we going to do now? We're dumb. I think we don't know what we're talking about. about. I was like, oh, four outright wins in match day one, what are you, amateurs? New to this, guys, new to this? We actually no. knew this was going to happen. Uh, exactly. So in the, <laughs> in the 95th minute, Zurkowski um, passes the ball to Mandragora, who crosses it in. Radu catches the ball and just keeps walking back into his own net. I what saw, a nightmare. I, I slowed it down because I like giving goalkeepers the benefit of the doubt because okay. goalkeepers' mental health is very important. Okay. You heard that, Karius? Yeah. Miskeen. So... What happened was when he grabbed the ball, so he was moving backwards, obviously. In that situation, as a goalkeeper, you parry. Mm -hmm. No matter what, you fucking fist it away. They've got good fucking forearms mm -hmm. on them. He could have fisted it away. Yes. But while he was moving back, he tucked his legs up. His back leg, his back foot kind of got stuck into the net, man. Oh, and no. he lost his balance really? and he fell happened? backwards. That's what I saw. Okay, That's what I, I saw, saw him grab the ball and walk into his own net. Quite no, frankly. but he was it's moving. It's almost like he I don't know landed if it got badly. Caught. I don't know if yeah. it got if 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 his foot got caught whilst he was falling, mm. or if it's what caused the fall. Thing mm. is, the only angle that it got then was zoomed into his legs, and there definitely is contact between his his shoes and the and the net, and there's an yeah. entanglement pretty much, but. Uh -huh. Nonetheless, you parry it in that situation. I feel like Radu, you know, was learned to be a goalkeeper when he was 12 years old. And his first experiences were in Syria on the biggest of stages. Because why do you need to learn from these scenarios? You couldn't have learned that in training. You've never made that mistake in training. 
You've never played the ball out the back in training. You've All never grabbed a looping happen, ball in training. And you have to remember that for a goalkeeper, Rod was actually quite young. Um, for a goalkeeper, he's quite young. He's 25 years old. You know, for a keeper, again, that's young. But, but, young but at the end of the day, bro, a 25-year-old goalkeeper is considered young because they retire at fucking 45. Yes, and it's a role that requires... That it's a very high-pressure role. At the end of the day, you know, he makes a mistake. It's a goal. You know, and then he makes a few months. He yeah. does, unfortunately. For well, he's made two, and they were on a big stage, both of them. Yeah, um, yeah, that you know, good game, man. He did have I'm, a. Very I'm just good looking game. at it again, bro. It seems like he. So the ball comes in over the top. Mm-hmm. Okay, he takes a few steps back, and he looks at it, and it seems to be falling into the back of the net. He's looking at it. He jumps up to catch it. In reality, he should have just tipped it over the bar at this point. He's probably thinking to himself, I don't want to give away a corner. It's the last moment of the game. I don't want him to have a corner. This is where he should have probably just tipped it over the bar. He falls into the back of the net. He's holding the ball over the line. And that's when he just, of that's course, just keeps falling That's probably when there was back. the entanglement. Yeah. That's I think the entanglement it. happened more like as he was falling, to be honest with you. Mm. But yeah, it could, it, could, it could be he got entangled. But yeah, I, f- I felt so bad for him. I started crying again. Like, don't... Oh, my God. I felt but, so but bad. what's he supposed to do, man? You, there's you nothing break to do. down eh, in those there's situations, do. man. Fier- Fucking hell. Fiorentina, bro. They looked solid. Mm-hmm. But they're still not quite street smart enough. Huh? Like, they could have easily lost two points over here. I was slightly weirded out by the starting 11, man. Yeah. <laughs> so, firstly, just totally... Man, they, they didn't replaced Torreira. They didn't really replace Torreira, no? I mean, no. I mean, really. is Mandragora a replacement? Yeah, yes, sorry, of course, of course, yes, Mandragora. But he didn't start, eh? Exactly. He didn't start. There's Bonaventura, Mabat. But he scored the winner, bro, according yeah. to every single... <laughs> <laughs> but I don't like Male, personally. You don't like Male? I don't really like Male. And I was weirded out by Sotil starting and by Kwame starting and they both got assists, so they probably think I'm weird. I was weirded out by Male starting and I was weirded out by Benassi starting. So, Benassi, I get it, because even I don't know what the hell he was doing there as a right back, but once again, a versatile player, why not? Male has been kind of flirting with the starting 11 for a while now, coming on for the last few moments of the game. You know, two seasons ago, we see him being introduced in the last five minutes of the game. Like last season, he was a bit more involved. I think he's a very skillful player, mm. um, has potential to him. Um... On the wings, they have versatility. Um, I was surprised we didn't get to see much of Nico Gonzalez. We didn't get to see any of Nico Gonzalez. No, he came on. Did he, he came on? on? He was dangerous. He did, he did. But towards on... the end of the game, for sure. Yeah, no, it was like 80. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like 80. That I was surprised. Or 75. I have, it, I have it in front of me. He, they he pro- came on 86 fucking 86. Dick. There we go, man. So late Jesus. on. And, and Saponara came on earlier than him. Uh-huh. Um, it was weird, weird but, but I guess at this point in the se- season You play who's the fittest So yeah. if fucking Gonzalez showed up After two months of eating only barbecue And chain smoking fucking <laughs> cigars You know Maybe Saponara decided to stay in shape You know didn't 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 look <laughs> didn't look like he was an incredible shape. <laughs> like, bro, Gonzalez came on and and he was as light as a feather. Like yeah. you know what I mean? He was beating men. I looked so good, but uh, I I mean Fiorentina again. They looked they looked good. Yeah, it's just 
they looked kind of unremarkable for a team that played Cremonese, which is weird because last season they were very remarkable. They were playing that Italiano ball. They were really fluid. But once again, last season they lost 4-0 to Udinese. So there were moments of... You know, it's weird. But at the end of the day, man, again, once again, they got the victory, they move. And that's going to help you. And they move. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I don't know if there's anything else I want to mention. Um, Maybe Luka Jovic's debut managed to get a goal, obviously. He looked lively. He was desperate to score, had a few shots, you know, especially like on the turn. Um, I feel like he was trying a bit too hard to get involved. I think things will come more naturally to him as he gets used to his teammates, as he realizes that the only person that he has to link up with is Ricardo Saponara. <laughs> um, but yeah, the goals will come for him. Ferretino will be fine. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. And yeah, hopefully Mandragora will start to get a bit more playing time and there will be more balance in the in the midfield because that did kind of seem like a slight factor to the unremarkability, unremarkableness. Unremarkable autonomy. Just unremark. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, let's just go with that. Unremark. The next game we're going to be covering is Sampdoria nil Atalanta 2. So the starting 11 for Atalanta. Musso in goal, back three of Toloi, Okoli and Jim City. I'll get into why very soon. <laughs> Flanked by Hatteber and Meili with Coop Miners, Derun and Pasalic down the middle. Front two of Muriel and Zapata. No real surprises over there. Yeah, it's On a classic other... Atalanta, right? Yeah. Yeah, and, and, you know, classic Atalanta. Soon we'll start seeing, you know, fucking who knows who starting where. Who that's knows true. who starting where. Wow, that's, that's, that's great English. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, they, they obviously they're very notorious for changing things around in their, in their starting 11. So, uh-huh. remember this starting 11 and we'll see, we'll see what happens in the next game. Um, for Sampdoria, Auder on goal with a back four of Augello, Colli, Ferrari and Berezinski. In the defensive midfield area, there was Vieira with Rincon and Sabiri up ahead of him. The wingers were Juricic and Leris and the striker was Ciccio Caputo, who opened the scoring, but the goal was disallowed after a VAR check due to a foul on Meili in the build-up. Which wasn't. A foul? Hmm. It was very soft. It was really soft, man. I was surprised they cancelled the goal out, to be honest with you. I was really surprised. I thought that wasn't a foul. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was very soft. Fair enough. Yeah. I'll, need to, I'll need to take another look at it. But yeah, uh, you're not wrong. Um, Mealy missed a fucking chance moments later, bro. Open goal and he hit the post. And it's not like the ball just came to him. You know what I mean? He had to run up to the ball and everything. He had time. And he smacked the post. It was... A really, really silly miss, but thankfully for him in the 26th minute, Toloi scored. He half volleyed the ball in after a Zapata cross was headed to the Brazilian by Pasalic. Yeah. As we always say, the smartest man in the league. Smartest man in the league and smartest man in my Fanta. So then Sampdoria got a free kick and Sabiri smacked the post from the free kick. He had Musso beaten and he went to his near post. The power the man has on his shot is ridiculous, man. Yeah. Qualiarella dinked the crossbar with a looping attempt. Some they were getting their chances. They were looking decent. They were. They were playing really well. 
Then Atalanta had the ball in the back of the net after 89 minutes as Duvan Zapata ran from his own half and whipped the cross in for Adamola Lukman, but it was ruled offside after the Jamaican Englishman uh, converted. But thankfully in the 95th, Lukman managed to get the goal on his debut. Um, he had a lot of time to finish after a counter-attack. Um, it was a good ball by Malinowski as well, but he did well to beat Zapata his man. Zapata was completely open. Hey, but yeah. he did well to beat his man That's and true. bamboozle out there a little bit and put the ball into the back of the net. Um, so both teams are coming off a summer of great change to their squads. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, Atalanta missed Demiral, Zappa Costa, new signing Ederson, um, Rem of Royler, who's joining fucking Nottingham Forest, and obviously Palomino as well, because he um, got caught doping yeah. following, following a couple of drug tests. So Atalanta already from day one had one, two, three, four, five, six players out. There you go. <laughs> Welcome to Ser- the Serie A campaign of 2022-2023, Atalanta. Mm. Um, and then the Blue Cerchiati. What do they call them? Blue Cerchiati. Something like that, bro. Um, I don't know why you'd even bother putting yourself in that situation. <laughs> <laughs> they had Leverbe suspended. They had Gabbiadini and Conti injured as well. Nothing new there. <laughs> With Conti injured. Conti and Gabbiadini, man. <laughs> Classic, classic. But to be honest, I was pleasantly surprised by some of the way as performance. I thought they played really well. Hey, man. And I thought they had a goal, of course, unrightly dis- disallowed. I thought it was quite unjust. Um, they had a bit of um, character to their play. They had a style, you know. Caputo was lively up front. Sabiri, good, good as always. Juricic looked quite good as well. I thought mm. Ronaldo Vieira had a decent... Um, game in midfield you know and and Atalanta are a team that can easily overpower you and dominate you and I feel like they struggled a little bit against the Sampdoria side and that's a good thing for them no they definitely did Sampdoria had a few decent chances like you mentioned Qualierla got in behind the defense oh and they gave him so much time you don't give Qualierla time Madonna like crazy Um, but that probably does have something to do with the back three that they did have to Mm -hmm. end up fielding Um. But yeah, Atalanta were very moody last year, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, after this performance, do you think things are going to change or do you think they're more or less going to be very similar to last year? I think it's too early to tell. Of course, um, it would be purely a guess. And I would guess that playing once a week would really help Atalanta. Mm. Really um, get their play the style that they want to play. Yeah. You know, it takes a yeah. lot of stamina. Um, so having a full week of rest between each game will really help them. Mm-hmm. So and I less do, rotation as well. I, exactly. And, you know, there are a few options here. Like, this isn't the full team. As you mentioned, there are many players mm-hmm. who, are, who are missing. Um, so I think that they will improve from last season. Now, mm-hmm. now we'll see, of course. It sucks that Malinowski is leaving the league, man. Is he com- is it confirmed? He probably will, right? He'll be, he'll be leaving to... Um, he'll be, uh, apparently, Nottingham Forest wanted him as well, but he, he said no. Like... Aha, uh-huh, wait, it's not it's not confirmed. It's not confirmed. It's not He's confirmed. not confirmed to Forest. I know that Freuler yeah. is confirmed Spurs, to Forest. Spurs have been linked to Malinowski. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But it doesn't look like he's gonna he's gonna set Atalanta. It looks like he's he's going for a a move away. Like mm-hmm. I said, we're losing we're losing Freuler from the league. He's joining Forest. Mm-hmm. Um 
And to be honest, I, you know that we we both tune into to Forest every yeah. every now and then, and I'm excited to see him over there. At least we're not Same. losing him, losing yeah. him because we're still tuning in a little bit. Exactly. For um, those wondering, our father is a massive Nottingham Forest fan. Um, shout out Kevin. Shout out Kevin. Um, Sabiri is kind of the star of the Sampdoria team. Abdel Hamid. Abdel Hamid Sabiri. He's amazing. He's, he's, he's the star of this yes, team. Right? I think so too. I think he he's responsible for many of their offensive plays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hit free kicks. He'll probably be on pens. He'll be on pens. You think? I think he'll be on pens. Unless Collier's on. Well, when when he's on the pitch, he'll be on yeah. pens. Um, but yeah, I don't think there's there's too much to add. Um, yeah, I'm pretty pretty happy to to move yeah. on to the next game, brother. So the next game is Monza 1, Torino 2. Torino had only won one of their previous six match day one games in Serie A. And this was against Sassuolo in 2019. So this is a very nice start for them. Um, they lined up with Milinkovic Savic in goal, Adopo, Gigi and Ricardo Rodriguez at the back. Um, Singo on the right and Olaina on the left with Ricci and Lenetti in the middle. Miranchuk and Radonjic playing behind Sanabria. That's a good front three, man. That is a good front three. Very fluid. And as we saw this game, like excellent goals followed. Very sex. Now, Monza lined up with Di Gregorio on goal. Weird. I, but I mean, I guess Di Gregorio was responsible for, you know, playing in goal as they got promoted. So, uh-huh. Cranio... I guess I like this approach to be honest. They're making Di Gregorio feel like his position is his to lose. Aha, uh-huh, exactly. You know what I mean? Like Cranio has to earn mm-hmm. the spot, which is good. It's a weird, positive thing. Like you said, weird that Di Gregorio started, hmm. produced some fantastic he saves was, though, huh? For he me, really for good. me, one of the best players on the pitch. He was really, really yeah. fucking good. He really was. Now, how old is Di Gregorio? He is in his 20s, 25. Yeah. Young guy as well, man. He's a wow. solid keeper. And I was surprised when they got Cranio. I was like, hey. really? But I guess you don't say no to Cranio. Um, Augusto, Mari and Santos were at the back. Of course, Mari has joined from Udinese. D'Alessandro on the left and Birindelli on the right. Two very dangerous players. Valotti, Barberis and Rannocchia in the middle. No, that is not Inter's Rannocchia. He was on the bench. They have two Rannocchias. I was very surprised when I heard the commentator shout, Rannocchia! And I look and it's like a shot from out of the box. Exactly. I'm like, what's he doing? (laughs) But turns out it was the other Rannocchia. Yeah. Um, Caprari and Petania up front Very interesting, very interesting, very interesting Now, in the 43rd minute Alexei Miranchuk scored a lovely, lovely, lovely goal It was, goal. Really it was nice. a beautiful sequence of play Which ended up with um, Miranchuk rolling the ball Past the goalkeeper And it was a Tony Sanabria assist In the 66th minute was Tony Sanabria's turn to score um, This was the intro um, You've probably grown tired of hearing it. Mm-hmm. Richie looped the ball to Sanabria, who was at the near post, who basically dunked it home acrobatically. And Not then in the, in the 94th minute, the last kick of the game, it was Danny Mota who scored for Monza, a goal for the substitute. It was a rebound goal. It was the last kick of the game. Yeah. 2-1, a deserved victory for Torino, who have lost so many important players. A tough time for Monza, who, to be honest, looked like they were getting outplayed for the majority of the of the game, but as um, as Danny Mota gestured at the end of the game, calma, calma, it's still match day one. So we'll see. Monza still needs some time to gel. Of course, many of these players are new. Um, but yeah, 
We'll see. We'll see what they can do. Sensi, of course, came on of, of the bench, which was nice to see. What yeah. did you make of this, bro? I mean, like like you said, Monza still need quite a bit of time to gel together. And at the end of the day, they played short or in a lost players. And they're significantly, individually, a, a weaker side from, from last year. That being said, this is their second season in a row under Juric. Two seasons under Juric and one season under Juric are two very different things. Yeah. He has time to cement his style a little bit more. He has time to grow closer to the players, get more enthusiasm in them. Torino are going to be a strong side this year, just like they were last year. I believe they'll be pushing for that top 10 spot Yes, as well. I think so. Yeah. Um, and, and they're not an easy draw for anyone, let alone for a newly promoted Monza, who just signed a bunch of star players. Cleverly, sure, but they still need time to gel. Um, Caprari and Petania starting up front and Sensi coming on, it's going to bring a bit bit of confusion around. I doubt Caprari and Petania ever played together for Italy, you know what I mean, mm. or, or, or Sensi. So give them some time to gel. And, and I think, I don't think Monza will be battling. It's, it's still very early days, obviously, but I've... In in this game, Monza didn't seem like they were one of the weaker teams. They did bring it a little bit to Torino. Um, yes, I, I would say so. The the goal at the end made things look better for them, of course. But in reality, yeah. you know, Torino did kind of outplay them, in my opinion. You know, Monza had more position and they had more shots. Sure, they didn't look as convincing going mm-hmm. forward. Their shots certainly didn't look as convincing, especially... You know, they had only four of them on target. Yeah, um, but yeah, they, they were they were enthusiastic. They were lively. Yeah. They were bringing it. Yeah. Um, Lukic, I, have we spoken about this? No. Lukic? No, okay. So we must have spoken about him before, that's why. Yeah. Lukic um, didn't play this game because he was apparently trying to force a last-minute transfer to Yurich's surprise. Yurich said, he's a good boy. I don't know what the hell happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, he literally said, he's a good boy, which I found very funny. Um he has since apologized for trying to force a move away and is looking to extend his contract. The duality of man. It's crazy, man. You know, sometimes I think it's the agents. Uh, the agents are getting in your head. You, you make a rash decision. You regret yeah. it instantly. And you're just like, you know what? I'm extending out. Agents, yeah. girlfriends, friends, former teammates. Yeah. Voices in your head. Voices in your head. It could be anything that wanted to get him. You know, it's probably been on his mind for a while and he panicked and he just brought it up yeah (laughs) and he decided to take strong action but uh Sasha Lukic is a is a good player and and the manager seems to think of the world of him so it'll be good to see him stay on for another season at Torino for me the man of the match is Tony Sanabria but a close second is um, Ricci who had a massive performance he had one assist he had 45 accurate passes four chances created three of them being big chances and three out of four long balls completed seven recoveries four out of four ground he was one zero times dispossessed he was amazing yeah amazing the former Empoli man what a what a performance by him yeah really good performance by him it's crazy to think that Two seasons ago, the man was playing in Serie B mm-hmm. for Empoli. Played six months in Serie A. It was enough for a Serie at a top Serie A team to say we want him in our team. He was one of those, yeah. and uh-huh, I don't think Torino is the epitome of what Richie can do in the league. I think he's a he's a great player. He's still quite young as well. Um, he's twenty years old, Richie, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is fucking nuts 
when you think I was not, bro, I just opened it up. I was not expecting to see 20. I'm not going to lie. I was thinking I was going to see 24. You know what I mean? It's nuts that the man is still 20 years old. Crazy. He was, you know, he was hot shit at at Empoli. (laughs) And then they fucking Torino grabbed him mid-season and they replaced him with Aslani, who was also hot shit. And then they (laughs) took him. So now Empoli are left with only hot shit. <laughs> but anyway, um, for me, the Monza team, the most impressive player was Brindelli. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I would so, agree. And Di Gregorio yeah. between the sticks. Exactly. Di Gregorio and Brindelli were the guys. Okay, bro. Um, that's basically it for Monza Torino. And we have one more game, the, the fun one. Yep, it's Spezia 1, Empoli nil. It is Gotti against Zanetti, two new managers with two of the lower end teams, obviously. Um, Spezia lined up with their new goalkeeper Dragovski between the sticks. The back three were Nicolao Caldara and Kiwior. Um, they were supported by Reka and Giassi. I saw you look at me when I said Kiwior. How would you pronounce it? I have no clue, bro. How do you spell it? K I W I O R. How else other than Kiwior? Kiwior. Let's go for Kiwior. Let's call him Kiwior. Let's call him Kiwior. The Kiwi. The Kiwi. So Nicolau Kiwi and Caldara, supported by Reka and Giassi out wide. Um, Bastoni, Borabia and Agudelo forming that midfield three with Verde and Enzola up front. And then Empoli, Vicario between the sticks, Stojanovic, Ismaili, Luperto and Parisi forming the back four. Henderson, Marin and Bandinelli forming midfield three. Bayrami behind Lammers and Destro. So the only goal was scored in the 36th minute by Inzola. Um, it was Bastoni's through ball that played Inzola through on goal, who finished between the legs of Vicario. So this was a pretty underwhelming game of football. I mean, it did seem that quality was, you know, scarce in this in this game. But at the end of the day, it was it was quite a dog fight between the two teams. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, Spezia did not look like the better team. Um, yeah, I agree. They got the win, but you know, Empoli had 59% possession and had 18 shots taken. What did you make of Destro's debut? So, um, Destro's debut. I thought that he looked lively and he has the tools around him for him to succeed over here. I thought that Empoli played well and they showed that they can be a very interesting team this season. Um, Spezia, on the other hand, showed that they are very capable of shithousing victories just as they were last season. And to be honest, the two seasons before that, when they stay up, these random victories and time wasting towards the end, you know, this was the classic case of that. Um, Empoli were the better team. Yeah. The much By better far, team. the much better the team, much exactly. Better team. But you look at them, you know, they have a strong core over here. They have a f- few players who who have been there for a while, you know. I mean, first of all, they've brought in Drogovsky, who was off to, who's off to a flying start. Great yeah. performance by him. Um, they've got Kaldar and Nicolau at the back, who have a lot of Serie A experience. They have Reka out wide, who has a lot of Serie A experience now and is becoming quite a, a fundamental part of this um, yeah. Spezia team. Bastoni in the middle, he is Mr. Spezia himself, in my opinion. Bastoni, he can play left back, he can play in the middle, he can play on the wing, he plays anywhere and he plays well wherever he plays. First name on the team yeah. sheet. Agudelo and Jazzy, man, another two guys who have been there for ages. Verde has been there for ages. And Zola as well has been there for a while. So these guys, have have grown together and they're so used to grinding together and working and that's fucking all. for the victory man that's that's it man that's all they have they have each other and they have Serie A experience that's all that Spezia have 
Spezia, and I said this last year when you were when you thought that they'd get relegated, I would and, and I safely said, out of the bottom five, they are the most capable of getting points. And getting three points against anyone, Spezia have the biggest chance to do that out of the bottom teams. Yeah. So it's like Real Madrid won the Champions League last year, right? You'd say You think Spezia should have won it? <laughs> um Real Madrid excelled at beating teams that were better than them. Spezia do the same. <laughs> <laughs> that comparison right now You could basically start calling them Galacticos <laughs> The Galacticos From now on Spets, yeah. Yeah. It's Italy's Galacticos Yeah, I, I, I mean they, they do beat teams that are better than them yeah. and, and, and that's that's exactly what they did um, I thought on the original question that I asked you Destro looked very good for Empoli mm-hmm. He had two situations where he should simply have not got a shot away at goal mm-hmm. But the way he turned and the way he swiveled for a man of his age how old is Destro now? He's not that old. I mean, he's 30... He's one, 31. 30, 31. No? 31. 31 years old. He's 31, but he's been playing football for 45 years, yeah. which is really weird. <laughs> <laughs> you remember Roma ages ago? Madonna, you remember flopping at me, I remember man. flopping at me. He's been around he's for gone, so long. He's gone through all the stages Qualiarella has gone through, and he's 41. <laughs> Ten years younger than Qualiarella, and he's been through all of those stages. Destro's a really interesting player, man. He is. He's he's the guy. Fucks. <laughs> Destro's a party animal that fucks. That's what I think of. Even his place that just says, "I am a party animal that fucks." Yeah, I, I would agree with you right there. He's a guy who um, who he works very hard, man. He knows what he wants and he knows how to get it. That's it. Goals. Um, yeah. And, and if you look at his flop season at Milan, for example, 15 games, three goals. I mean, not even the worst, you know, I mean, I, I've seen worse. I have seen Matri. Le- yeah. <laughs> Bologna, 105 games, 29 goals. Not very good. Genoa, 56 games, 20 goals. Decent. That's good. I mean, he's always been the type of player with Roma. He was good. 57 games, 24 goals. That was his peak. That was peak yeah. Destro between 2012 and 2015. That was a Destro that we enjoyed watching the most. And that's the Destro that landed him the Milan contract in 2015. And now yeah. Destro's become the player that, that you plug in as a striker for teams that are struggling for survival. Yeah. Um, he does bring, like you said, that. Serie A experience to these teams and it just gives you like all right if you get the ball to Destro on the box we'll have a fucking we'll have a shot in the dark we'll have a chance like <laughs> and that's something he brings Jesus are you okay I'm fine <laughs> so yeah I think I think at the end of the day look Empoli looked better than Spezia but I think it says more that Spezia were the worst team but managed to get away with three points I think it's mm-hmm. it's massive for them I can't just say how well I see Dragovski fitting in at Spezia. I know he's a goalkeeper and doesn't take much to fit in. If you're a good shot stopper mm. um, and you command your box, well, you're going to fit in anywhere at the end of the day. But his mentality is just Spezia. Eh? He's a bit of a shit yeah. house himself. <laughs> yeah, good at of. saving penalties so he can get yeah. them more points. I think this is the perfect environment for him to improve. Eh, agreed. Did you know that Destro's father, Flavio Destro, was also a football player? Yes. Yeah, he played for Regina, Empoli. Shesena, Pescara, Ascoli. Quite a few things. He was a defender, though. He was five foot eleven and a half. Not quite six feet, is it? It's very close to six feet. <laughs> he's half, he's half <laughs> an inch off, you dickhead. Six foot. 
It's not quite six foot. Hey, no, you're right. He's not really short. Like, just right six feet at this point, Wikipedia. Five that. foot, eleven and a half. He was like, shut the fuck up. He's <laughs> like, with the shoes, I'm six feet. What the fuck is this? <laughs> For his ID card, he's like, can I please keep my shoes on? <laughs> <laughs> He also he's also a football manager, um, but he manages a team called Fano. So is he even a football manager? They play in Serie He's been the assistant manager of Crotone and Torino, to be honest, and he's been the manager of Ascoli okay. as well. So quite a few respectable teams over there. Yeah. But anyway, bro. I think that's it. It's man. midnight, man. It's is it? Yeah, yeah it's midnight. It's one on the last midnight. That's it. For Not us. bad. We spent three hours setting up and two hours recording. Well, how, exactly. how long is this pod? This, this episode. pod is ah one hour forty three. That's a good time. Yeah, that is a good time. Let us know, guys. Um, we enjoy listening to your feedback. Um, last episode was a fucking disaster, by oh, the way. So we, we, sorry. About so that, sorry. Man. Like honestly, um, it was Monday. The feast was in a week, seven days away. So there was no reason for these fireworks to start, like going Bro, so they, crazy for they two went, hours they, they went straight for around two hours and a half it was it was mental and at that point it wasn't monday it was later on that monday it was monday we recorded on monday no no or tuesday was, was it i think it was later because i remember us saying it was fucking wednesday dog it was a wednesday it was Holy wednesday shit. as fuck because we we're gonna record on tuesday but we we're doing the camera setup so oh, we said, let's yeah. push it let's push it to wednesday so it was Close to say, yeah, so we couldn't put it off. We knew we were going to have the same issue if we recorded the next day. So fuck it. Like we tried to edit our, uh, we, we tried to get some background noise killers. We we're editing our voices. It ended up taking away a chunk of quality from our voices. And you'd still it's, hear the fireworks very clearly. Yeah. Ah, it was just a It's my, my least favorite episode by far. And it's a shame because I, I was so excited to record it. It's good content at the end of the yeah. day, but I, I would not listen to it. You know? <laughs> of course not. Of course, after the first boom, I had to turn it off. I was like, Jesus, yeah, I'm cringing. 50 downloads. Wow. I was, I was in one day. 15, in in, in yeah. one day. So thank you very much. That's a shame. That course, wow. all, all these fans, that were, all these listeners, sorry, that were, that were brought in. Had to experience endure, that. Endure yeah. that. Hopefully, this this is a bit better for yeah. you. We're into low energy because yeah. it's a, a random. Is it Monday or Tuesday? It's a Tuesday Today night. It's Tuesday, but it feels like Monday. Yeah, guys, don't forget to follow us on. Um, and I say this, and I mean this. We blast out a bunch of good content on Instagram and on TikTok. We have a couple yeah. of good snippets. We take away some best moments from the podcasts. Um, share them with your friends. It's some good way to get into Serie A. If you have any Prem heads that need serious, or, or Man United fans that need some good converting to Serie A. Come on, Brentford. Come on, Brentford. Just share yeah. a podcast with them. It might be a, a, a decent start for them. Yeah. Follow us on Twitter as well. And yeah, I think that's pretty much it from us, guys. At Serie A Spotlight to see Matthew's bandana and my cool hat. Exactly. We'll see you guys next week. Love you all and take care. Peace out.